Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning with hearts filled with praise for you. We thank you, Lord, for the grace and the mercy that you shower down upon each and every moment of our lives. We thank you that even before time began, this was all part of your plan for us. This morning, we ask for ears to hear and hearts full of joy as we come closer to the culmination of our Advent walk with you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. How many of you have either asked or have been asked, are you ready for Christmas? Well, are you? Are you really ready? As we've heard these past few Sundays, Advent is a time of preparation. The word Advent means coming or arrival, like the Advent of football season or the Advent of the newest computer, tablet, or iPhone, or whatever. There's a double focus in this season. One, we focus on the preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus the Christ, in his first coming or advent, and two, we focus on the anticipation of the return of Christ the King in his second coming or advent. Because of this, Advent is far more than simply marking a 2,000-year-old event in history. It is celebrating a truth about God, the revelation of God in Christ Jesus where all of creation is to be reconciled to God. That is the process in which we now participate in the consummation of that which we anticipate. But do we really understand what it is to be reconciled to God? Let's look a moment at Genesis, the first chapter. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You remember that story, how God would meet them in the cool of the evening and walk and talk with them, and how they had beautiful fellowship together. And then, how that crafty old serpent appeared and enticed that first man and woman to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the result of that was sin entering into the picture. Now, It does no good to blame all this on Eve or on Adam for what happened. Because the truth is that if you or I had been there in the garden, we would have done exactly the same thing. It happened. Sin entered the world. Separation from God. We're stuck with it. Original sin. Like it or not, 
believe it or not. We are all born with original sin. Even though some of us will look at a new baby and ooh and ah over it and exclaim how innocent they seem to be, that sweet baby is still a sinner. Our son-in-law, Brian, and I would go head-to-head on this when his first daughter was born until one day when Sarah was about 14 months old. Brian walked into the room and little, innocent, adorable, sweet Sarah was hiding in the corner eating an Andre mint that had been sitting on top of their computer screen. Sarah looked up at her father and with a very guilty, nervous look on her face, held up the empty wrapper and said, Mint, Daddy. No one had ever told Sarah she couldn't have that piece of candy, but she knew it wasn't hers, and she wanted it, and she got it. We all had a good laugh out of that, but it clearly demonstrated the truth. We no longer had the same discussions about original sin. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And the truth is that God knew it would happen. He knew that Adam and Eve would eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He knew even before time began. God knew, and he already had a plan. And his name was Jesus. God loves us so much. He created us in his image. Now, if we are created in God's image, shouldn't that mean that we should be just like him? That was his perfect plan. But we messed it up royally. Plain and simple. Because just like Adam and Eve, we want to be just like God. But God had a plan. And his name was Jesus. As many of you might know, I was brought up in the Lutheran Church, where two of their bywords are justification and sanctification. God's plan was not just that Jesus would save us from our sins and that he would save us from eternal damnation. Yes, he did that. Praise be to our God that that was a part of his plan. And that, simply put, is justification. But there is so much more, so very much more. And I wonder, did Mary and or Joseph have a clue to what they unwittingly became a part of? Do we, in 2013 really even begin to understand? I love the Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? I don't think Mary knew, and I don't think most of us really know. God's plan from before time began was for us to walk and talk with him, as Adam and Eve did in the garden. 
He loves us more than we will ever be able to comprehend. And amazingly, he wants us to be with, us, with him. His desire for us is to reflect his image in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that way deep down in my heart of hearts, even though it is my utmost desire to do so, I know I do not always reflect God's image. I know all of the petty thoughts, jealousies, and frustrations that go through my mind. And I also know that God created me in his image to reflect his image all around. So now we get back to sanctification. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And in Colossians 1:13, Paul says that the Son of Man is the image of the invisible God. And remember, it says in Genesis that we were created in his image, not created to be him. He created each of us with different gifts and talents, different likes and different dislikes, different sizes and shapes. But we were all created to reflect his image. So, how do we do this? How are we transformed into image reflectors? Emira is an example of an image reflector. Webster's definition of, Im- of reflector is a very simple one, one that reflects, especially a polished surface for reflecting light. So, once again, very simply, we are to reflect the light of the world, Jesus. Now, how does this happen? Can we polish ourselves to become reflectors? Can we make ourselves so shiny and smooth so we will reflect light? No. So how do we become reflectors of Jesus? The answer is in the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, chapter 3. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Some of us have been doing the E100 Bible reading these past several months. Some of us are in other Bible studies. Some of us sit down with a cup of coffee in the morning or the evening, and we read our Bible daily. Now, take a minute to think about this question. Have you ever been convicted by anything that you have read in Scripture while you have been doing a study, a Bible study? Now, if you were convicted, did you repent, confess whatever it was that God showed you, and ask him for the grace 
to stand against that particular sin that he showed you while you were reading his word? Have you seen a change in your behavior? Have others seen a change? That is how we reflect Jesus. That is how we are transformed into his image. It was not something that we did ourselves. God did it in us. Have you ever heard anyone say of a child that he or she is a spitting image of another member of the family? Well, wouldn't you like that to be said, that you are the spitting image of God? Some of you may have heard the story, but when we were living in Thailand, one particular friend kept harassing me to go to a K. Arthur Bible study at her church. And just as steadfastly, I kept refusing her until she totally wore me down. When we lived in North Carolina, I used to catch K. on the radio sometimes, and I did not like her. I did not like her voice. It drove me crazy. And she came across so self-righteous, probably because these are two of my besetting sins, but that's another story. So Jeannie wore me down, and I went with her to this Bible study, totally prepared to hate it. We were studying Philippians. And to give the study a fair chance, I decided that I should be obedient and do the study exactly as we were directed, which meant reading Philippians through and through what seemed like a hundred million times. But something happened to me while I was reading and absorbing Philippians. You know where in the second chapter it says that we are to have the mind of Christ? That we are to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus? Well, you can imagine my surprise when I found myself thinking differently about many things. Found myself thinking the way it seemed that Jesus might think. And I had done nothing to change myself. God had done it while I was deep into his word. For sure, I am not there yet, but I can tell you that that was one of my very favorite Bible studies ever. And it is to this day. Other studies I have done, like community Bible study and the one on Colossians that we just finished with Martha, have just served to reinforce in me that all of the courses in the world, all of the books that I have read, all of the effort on my part cannot change me. The only thing that can change me, or any of us for the better, is the Word of God. And the deeper we get into His Word, the more we will be transformed into His image. And the more we will reflect his light in our lives and in the world where he has placed us. Whether it be here on Hilton Head Island or in deepest, darkest Africa or the cold mountains of Nepal, wherever he has us, 
Don't try to figure it out yourself. No, I don't think that Mary knew the depth of God's plan for the child that she was carrying. I don't think Joseph had a clue what faith he was exhibiting when he obeyed the angel in today's gospel. God knew each and every one of us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knew us before time began. Just reread Psalm 139 if you have any doubts about that. All along, he has had a plan for our lives. And that plan is for us to follow him and to allow him to shape us into his image. That is his plan for our lives. And we can refuse to let him in when he stands at the door to our hearts. Or we can submit to his love and his will for us. It is our choice. We can now know more clearly what Mary and Joseph didn't know. And we can follow their example of simple obedience to his word. It's not too late. A new modern translation of the Bible is a good Christmas gift. Give one to others. Buy one for yourself. They have lots of Bibles in our bookshop. Or if they run out, I'm sure you can get one at Barnes & Noble. And get into God's Word. Read it and listen for God. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Listen for God to speak in and through, around and under and over, within and behind and in front of everything you read. Keep asking God what he is saying in the scripture. Give God control and experience his life, giving grace and transformation as you open your heart to his agenda. Respond to the text with hearts and spirits and not with our normal cognitive, rational intellects. This can be very difficult. Open the doors within that have been habitually closed to Jesus because our minds have been in control. We may be believers, but we still want to control our own minds. We need to give that up, and we need to let our response to God's word take place in the deeper levels of our being. And let him transform us into who he created us to be. Let us, like Mary and Joseph, follow his leading with simple faith and obedience and great excitement as we go through the final preparations for the celebration of the greatest gift ever given. The gift who showed us by his life how to be transformed into his image and how to live the life that he has called us to live. Please pray with me. Lord, please give each of us the grace to consecrate ourselves anew to the one who created us in his image. Let us commit 
to allow you to change us, to transform us in such a way that all will see Jesus reflected in us. In the name of our transforming God, we pray. Amen.